have you ever wondered how the recruitment industry works? How recruiters can help you in your career? If so, you're in the right place. I'm speaking to expert recruiter Louise Triance today. Hello and a very warm welcome to episode number 52 of Your Bravo Career. My name is Mark Crossfield. I'm a professional career coach, helping you to love your job and build a great career. This podcast is about why your career matters, how you can enjoy what you're doing each day at work and how to build a great career along the way. So Louise Triance is joining me on the podcast today. We'll meet with Louise in just a moment. Louise is an expert in the recruitment industry. She's a key player in the industry, a recruitment industry fixer and a host of recruitment events. So in this episode, we'll be talking about the state of the recruitment industry, which sectors are best served by the recruitment industry, how you can use the recruitment industry to help you in your career and some suggested resources to help you in your career. So let's get started and meet Louise. Hi, Louise. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really looking forward to our, our conversation today. And to get us started, could you introduce yourself, please? Of course. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, so my name's Louise Triants. I've been in the recruitment industry for probably over 30 years now. Um, and my background is I worked for a recruitment firm. And we might talk a little bit about that later, the type of firm it was and how that informs my knowledge. So I did that for maybe 10 years. And then I set up a community for recruitment professionals. So I've spent the last 20 years working with recruiters of all sorts. So that side of the space of the hiring space rather than the job seeker side. Fantastic and that's the reason that I've invited you on here today because you are an expert in this field and uh, yeah I've got a few questions that will be useful for the audience and before we dive into that it might be useful to define what we mean by recruitment and um, you know maybe just scope out what the industry is and what it does so if you wouldn't mind just just doing that. Of course. As a job seeker or someone applying for jobs, there's um, normally either one or two parties involved in helping you get a job um, or um, preventing you from getting a job, depending on how you see it. So maybe you're applying to um, an advert on a job board. Sometimes that will be with the direct company. So maybe you're applying uh, directly to Starbucks for that regional manager job, or maybe you're applying through a recruitment agency. For that role. Um, and they're the two parties involved. It's either the HR function, which is sometimes called talent acquisition, that's applying direct, um, or it's via a recruitment agency. Sometimes recruitment agencies call themselves staffing agencies, recruitment agencies, consultancies, executive fir- fir- search firms, but they work on behalf of the client. Just to add a tiny bit more complication, there is actually somebody else involved in that process, and that's normally the hiring manager. Mm. So at the end of the day, you're working um, for somebody. So say it was that kind of um, regional director's job at um, regional manager's job at Starbucks, there will be somebody who you're working for within Starbucks. That won't be a recruitment agency. That won't be an HR person. Does that help? Yeah, that's useful, actually. And I think one of the confusions is that recruitment consulting is often seen as being something that's done for the 
employer rather than for the candidate. And I think that's perhaps sometimes where the confusion comes in. You know, the employer is often or the um, either the employer or someone on that side is paying for the service. So I'm interested to know where that leaves the candidate. Now, in the way you describe it, the candidate is dealt with because you're serving the client effectively. But is there is there a case where the the recruitment consultant could serve directly the individual? It's a funny old space because um, for many people getting a job, the recruitment agency or consultant is seen as a necessary evil. So you cannot get to that person at Starbucks unless you go via the recruiter. And it can feel like the recruiter doesn't have your best interests at heart. So at the end of the day, the only thing that makes sense to everybody is the right person gets the job. But as the job seeker, you're reliant on the recruiter being skilled and able to find the right person. Now, that feels more unfair, maybe, when a recruitment consultancy is involved. But frankly, it's the same if you're dealing direct with a hiring manager. So, you know, not everybody's great at interviewing. Not everybody knows what they want. So that recruitment person can feel like they're a barrier. Um, but often they have those skills and that expertise to really unpick what the client wants and to unpick what you can do. So if you view it like that, they can be a really um, valuable part of the process. But Mark, you're absolutely right. They don't work for you. They work for the hiring organisation. They get paid by them. They don't get paid by you. Um, They need you to be honest with them and communicate well with them. And they need to do that back to you so that the process works. But essentially, they're not agents. They are um, consultants working for the client. It's not like that kind of sports agent idea you have where someone works for you. They are actually working for the for the client. Now, sometimes it's a tiny bit different from that. So somebody might be listening to this saying, well, I was contacted by a headhunter and it felt very much like they were working for me. And sometimes it is. Sometimes recruiters aren't working on 17 different jobs at once. They can be more consultative. They can really unpick what you want. And the best recruiters will stay in touch with you for years and years and years. And they'll understand what your career trajectory is going to look like and they'll want to be part of that. But again, they're only part of that if they have a client who will pay a fee for giving you a role. Yeah, I understand that. So the so the employee is what the consultant will use. That's obviously the, the you know, the thing they bring into the um to the to the party. So you need the um you need the employee. That's vitally important. But they're not necessarily working directly for the employee. So it's a um, it is a difficult situation sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the headhunter one, the example you gave, is, is a good example. Sometimes it does feel that, um, that, that that maybe they are working for you, or at least the, the, you know, you're higher up in the pecking order than you would be otherwise. Um, and I suppose the other example I've seen is where, and I've seen this with IT recruiters, where the the recruiter is maybe trying to have a database of of um, uh, employees uh, that that could be then presented to a client. Is that something that is 
typical within the industry? Yeah, yeah. Now, that's a really good point, is that contract recruitment, which is often the case with IT recruitment, is almost slightly different. So um, there's some really um, like amusing terminology in here, but recruiters talk about working a desk. So their mm-hmm. desk is their kind of like their base of people. So maybe they're hiring for Hewlett-Packard and Canon, and they're looking at developers. Well, if you're a developer and you're a contract developer, you are really valuable to that recruiter. They are going to want to form a really strong relationship relationship with you because they're going to put you into Hewlett-Packard for three weeks at £600 a day. And then they're going to move you from Hewlett-Packard to Callan at six fifty a day. Mm-hmm. So that's a relationship you start to build where you are not just a commodity. You are somebody who is part of that kind of um, ecosystem. And it is very much a relationship. You will be on first name terms with the recruiter. Um, You'll be speaking to them every few days. They'll be wanting to get you the best rates. And it is a little bit more like that agent um, scenario. But again, you don't pay them. The um, end organisation does. Yeah. Are there particular industries where that is more prevalent? It's definitely IT based um, type roles. So, um, you know, if you're a a forklift truck driver, it's unlikely to apply to you. Probably you're going to be um, doing temp work more than contract work. So that's kind of unfortunately zero hours contracts, uh, maybe being hired directly by the client because there really isn't enough money in that to make it worth having a recruiter as part of the um, the process. But for really high salary or high day rate roles, often a recruitment agency would be used. Um, but also sometimes interim roles. So sometimes um, some people listening to this might understand because they have had like a temp role, which has been at a much more senior level and they're typically called interim roles. And it's a similar kind of way of working with those. Yeah. So, so if I'm wanting to develop a relationship with um, a recruiter because maybe the industry I work in does um, is useful in terms of using recruiters. Is it best to develop a relationship with an individual within a recruitment consultant or am I better just shopping around a little bit? Um, you're better to do the latter, but imply that you're doing the former so um, <laughs> don't put your, all your eggs in one basket. Um, be open to communication with any recruiter um, who looks like they're hiring in the space that you're at. Um, build those relationships, take their calls, um, try and remember facts about them like they are about you. Um, be accessible to them. But I would never recommend that um, somebody who's looking for a job only works with one recruiter. Hmm. Unless they happen to be their sister-in-law and they know they truly have their best interests at heart, um, do build relationships. The other thing I will say is that um, recruiters do move around a fair amount. Mm -hmm. So you're building a relationship with somebody who may stay in your space at a different agency. That's great news. Or they may move out of your space. If you look on LinkedIn, you will probably find nearly every single recruiter in the UK there. So connect with the ones that you're working with on LinkedIn. And then if they do move organisation, you've still got that relationship with them. Yeah. And legally, what happens in terms of those uh, connections? Do they stay with the organisation um, is a funny old thing. Maybe 15 years ago, there was a number of legal cases around who owned people's contacts. Mm-hmm. 
And as an individual, how does that feel? What am I owned by somebody? Um, but but broadly speaking, now when a recruiter moves on from one agency to a next, they keep their LinkedIn contacts. Most of them will not have signed an agreement um, other than that. Um, but also, like I say, they're really prolific on LinkedIn. So if you've got a relationship with someone good, even if they have to recreate their LinkedIn account, you're going to see them pretty soon. Yeah. Are there any disadvantage with disadvantage with using recruitments? Uh, consultants or the industry, Louise? There are. Some of them are really small disadvantages. Um, Some of them are, um, I've got a couple of tips uh, for things you might want to think about. Mm. So depends on the type of job you're going for. If you are um, applying for a job as a nuclear engineer and they use a recruitment company, you're going to have to go through the recruitment company. There's no backdoor there. Mm -hmm. They are going to have in place some really stringent um, kind of testing and assessment and skills metrics that they're using. You're going to have to go through that recruitment agency. If it's a barista in Starbucks and they've advertised on Indeed and they're using a recruitment agency, but your sister-in-law works in Starbucks, Go and talk to your sister-in-law, see if she can get you the job. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say if you know someone in the organisation where you want to work, do not feel bad about using that network. Um, You will be going around a recruiter, but if it's with a legitimate connection, that's still appropriate to do so. Now, what might happen is they may say, yeah, I can see you're perfect for this job. You're still going to have to go through the recruiter, but you've got more information about the role um, and you've probably got like a slightly higher chance. Hiring organisations like referrals, they work really well. There's a much higher success rate with people who've come in via referral. Um, Another thing I think I touched on earlier, which is a disadvantage, is that not everyone's great at hiring. Mm. And unfortunately, some recruiters just aren't either. So you might find yourself in the process with someone where they're asking you some really daft questions. You know they don't understand your skill set. How can they possibly understand the role for which you're hiring? My only advice there is, well, two things. Um, If you know someone else in the organisation, go by them. If you don't, just walk away because they will not hire the right person for the role. Um, You're better to spend your time elsewhere unfortunately right yeah is there an easy way to know what recruiter is representing which company so for example if i, if I want to get a job at microsoft is there a way to find out what recruiter they may use that is such a good question um and it's what people should think about so there's two things i want to work at microsoft in their henley office i should be um looking on linkedin at everybody in HR or talent acquisition or hiring or recruitment who works there in the Henley office. I should connect with all of those anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Make sure my LinkedIn profile is amazing first. If I want to know what recruiter is recruiting for them, I would search for any job at Microsoft in Henley on job boards like Indeed, CV Library, JobServe, and then you'll see who the recruitment agencies are. So it's Um, highly likely an organisation like Microsoft would use a number of recruitment agencies. So maybe you'll go a bit more functional. So you'll see what sort of roles similar to mine are being hired by who. And that's how you find out who those recruiters are. And then, like I said, well, two things, they might have their email address on the um, advert, but they'll also be on LinkedIn. So you can actually connect with them on LinkedIn. Now, they might not want your speculative application. Be be prepared for that. But there's no harm in reaching out and saying, um, I've got great skills for this type of organisation. Next time you're hiring, let me know. Now, they might say, can't help you, look out for the adverts. But they might say, do you know what? We're always hiring people like you. Mm-hmm. Let's have that chat now. 
Yeah. So a little bit of detective work just to, to find out and then do that um, speculative approach. And you, like you say, you just don't know that could be uh, could be fruitful, couldn't it? It could. Yeah. Super. So um, one of the things I wanted to touch upon before we, um, before we finish off, a couple of things really. One is um, I'm always interested how recruiters work and I've a lot more knowledge following our discussion today um but I also sort of wonder why recruiters and and uh career coaches don't necessarily collaborate at all I'm interested to know your thoughts on that whether there's any scope in the market to to try and join those two services up uh, it's such a great question. I had an interesting conversation recently with somebody else who asked me a very similar thing. Um, I don't think there's necessarily like a really obvious answer to this. Part, partly recruiters are fairly reactionary. Their role is to take an assignment, to work on it. Um, they are putting those jobs out on job boards. They're looking through their database career coaches could be a really, really good way of um, getting in touch with more people, having a better contact base. I just don't think it's top of their radar. Um, But I don't think there's actually a really negative reason why, because what you have is relationships with loads of people who are actively looking for work or ready to take that next step in their career. It would make so much sense for there to be a two-way conversation um, between a career coach and a recruitment agency, which would benefit the individual at the end of the day. Now, what I said right at the start is that recruiters' um, entire purpose is to get the right person for the role. Everything that you do is about getting the right role for the person. Mm-hmm. Those two things are aligned really mm-hmm. closely. So, yeah, no, I think I think there should be more of that. It is a frustration for me. Um, years and years ago, we used to work with outplacement firms. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this was literally 25 years ago. Um, uh, the, the problem there was that sometimes an outplacement firm was trying to get a lot of people work at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult with the swamp market. But what you're looking at is a much smaller base of clients who you're working with, who you're nurturing, who you're teaching. They are just perfect for getting that next right job. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and also, I think there's something about the continuity of service you're providing to, you know, employees, individuals, et cetera. And there's an industry. Um, I don't know. It sounds like there's, there's, there's definitely some potential there, doesn't it? I agree. Let's yeah. make it happen. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been in this industry a, couple, a few decades now. Um, where do you see the, the future of the industry? Where's it going? Probably nowhere different fast. Mm. Um, I mean, lots of things have changed. I don't want to bang on about how old I am, but I was around before job boards existed. Um, so, you know, what an amazing way for people to find work rather than having to wait for the Sunday Times to arrive um, and scour that. These tiny, tiny, weeny lineage adverts that people were trying to read to see whether they could apply, posting a CV off. I mean, I used to get CVs by fax mm. when I first There'll be people listening to this who don't know what a fax machine is. Um, But where is it going? I'm hopeful that one of the things that's happening at the moment is that people are hiring more on abilities and skills rather than just ticking boxes for, um, yes, I already have experience of this, which proves I can do it. I'm looking um, at seeing more roles being filled based on soft skills based on potential ability um, and um, some other, you know, kind of like more uh, difficult to assess, 
but relevant personality traits. And that is definitely for the benefit of everyone. Not, it, it's always struck me as ridiculous that when you hire someone, you're looking for someone who ticks the boxes of the job you're hiring for. You should be looking for someone who's going to be stretched to do that mm-hmm. role. And that's not how we have historically hired. So I can see a change in that space. And it does benefit everyone. Yeah. And LinkedIn, I mean, the growth of LinkedIn, is that a positive for the industry or is that a challenge? Um, I think that um, from my side of the table, it's a massive positive. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a really easy place for recruiters to talk about their expertise, to showcase amazing clients that they're working for. Um, As an individual looking for work, I think it's got a ton of value. Absolutely. Update your LinkedIn profile. Put some evidence of all the things. I mean, this is the things you'll be teaching people, Mark. But, Mm -hmm. you know, evidence of all the stuff you're great at, projects you've worked on. Use it like a really cool CV. If I was not looking for work, I would want to be deactivating my LinkedIn account because what's happening is recruiters just do keyword searches and some people are getting like seven um, contacts a day Mm -hmm. saying, oh, looks like you're a Java developer. Um, And if I wasn't looking for work and there was no other business benefit for being in on LinkedIn, I'd be removing myself. Yeah. Yeah. That can be a challenge, can't it? The messages you get. um, Yeah. Yeah. They're they're difficult, aren't they? Yeah. one last question then. This is one I ask all like the interview guests, and that is, what advice do you have for listeners who want to love their job and have a great career? Oh, my word. Um, I didn't know you could ask me that one. That is challenging. Okay, so if you want to love your job and have a great career, I think that um, the biggest challenge at the start of your uh, career journey is knowing what you're going to like doing. Um, so all these people who are leaving university um, who, who left this summer and are now going into those first jobs, where do they start? There's just so many opportunities out there. So I think the first thing is to somehow manage to work out what those things are which float your boat. Now, working with a career coach is going to really help you to do that because I don't think many of us have the answer. Um, so I think the key thing here is work out what it is which is going to um, keep you wanting to come back for more. I would always make a judgment as to whether I want a lifestyle job or a kind of like push myself job. Um, And you can change your mind as you go along. Um, So maybe you think to yourself, do you know what? I just want a job I can go to. I can do a decent, you know, shift and then come home. I don't mind if I'm still in that job in three years time. And if that's what you want, go for that job. But if you want to be a rock star, a superstar, and you want that vast career progression, then it's an entirely different tact that you have to take. And it can be really difficult. You need to think about what you're going to love doing, what sort of organisations are going to have those um, opportunities, whether you're going to have to change where you live, how you live, uh, lots of things. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a really tough um concept of finding a job that you really love going to every day and I actually maybe slightly controversially believe it's often more luck than judgment Mm. when we end up in that position Mm -hmm. that's great advice and um, I'm sure that's really useful for uh, for our listeners thank you for that and all those years of your experience boiled down into to one uh, you know succinct answer so I really appreciate that and um, it's been great having you on the podcast. I know we've been a while since we've um, we, we first connected, um, mm. but I'm so glad you've you've been able to come on to the show. Um, how can people contact you, Louise? 
Well, I'm really happy for people to contact me. So I um, don't offer anything specifically, no product, no service, nothing which which job seekers or um, people in their career stages um, would pay for. I'm very happy to be connected with you. If you want to connect with me, probably the things you're going to be asking me is what recruiters I know or um, which job boards I recommend. Absolutely fine with that. I can't always answer, but I'm happy to be uh, linked to. I am the only Louise Triance well, actually, I'm the only Louise Triants in the world. Wow. Um, but I'm the only one on LinkedIn as well. And that's T-R-I-A-N-C-E. So, yeah, find me on LinkedIn. I, I pretty much accept all uh, LinkedIn requests from um, legitimate people. And like I say, I probably can't help you directly get that next job or make that next career move. But I'm really happy to have a quick chat with you about it. Yeah, that's great. And I'll put a link to your your, uh, your your LinkedIn profile in the show notes as well, Louise, so people can easily do that. And uh, once again, thanks so much for coming along to talk to me today. I really do appreciate you being here. Thank you. Total pleasure. Thank you so much. So that was my interview with Louise Triance. I hope you enjoy that interview and that you better understand the recruitment industry and how it can help you in your career. What are the things to watch out for? and who it best serves. Let me know what you thought of the show today. So that's it. We've come to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show today. As usual, you can email me at mark at bravocoaching.co.uk and you can find the show notes at bravocoaching.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can connect with Louise on LinkedIn. I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you haven't already subscribed, why not do that now? I'd appreciate you being a subscriber on my podcast. And if you can, share this content with anybody you think will enjoy it. Have a wonderful week. I'll speak to you again in a couple of weeks' time. Bye for now.